Welcome back to Community Conversations. I'm your host, Josh Hardy, Executive Director of Concord TV, and really glad to have with us today on the program the new Executive Director of the Concord Coalition to End Homelessness, Karen Jansen. And uh, I say new, but you started, Karen, uh, in early November, I believe, right? Right. I, I was able to start um, while Ellen was still finishing yeah. up a few projects, and it was great to have that overlap with her for that Ab first absolutely. month. Yeah, so. and, I, and I know now you're making your big media appearance here in the bright lights of the studio. <laughs> so at least you had a couple months to kind of get settled in. To settle in yeah. and, and see what's going on and kind mm -hmm. of get the lay of the land. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And again, it's great to have you. We've been working with the Concord Coalition and Homelessness, helping promote events. And um, we've had the coalition as guest on the program, just like you are right now. So I'm really excited to continue the partnership. So um, let's start off with uh, your background. I know you were at Riverbend uh, in your previous uh, uh, profession. Just right? prior to coming to the coalition, I had been at Riverbend for almost nine years. Mm -hmm. uh, in that role there, I oversaw a lot of the external relations, um, worked with the board and the senior leadership through two strategic plans, and uh, also oversaw um, a lot of the fundraising, marketing, mm -hmm. just basic general outreach. Yep. And yep. then um, prior to that, I've worked in a number of organizations throughout New Hampshire that were social service oriented. Okay. So it's, um, it's great to be at the coalition with such a strong mission and uh, really being back into the grassroots, I guess, as you will, yeah. working yeah. with people. Yeah, it's so important having that nonprofit experience too, knowing what it's mm -hmm. like being in a nonprofit organization. Um, I know in my own work at Concord TV, it's it, you know working in the nonprofit sector, you have to sometimes wear many different hats. You have to be flexible, adaptable, willing to change quickly on the fly. So I think those are some great strengths to to bring to any organization. It is, and it's and the coalition. You know, we're a small, mighty team yeah, over there, sure. yeah. and. There's a, a lot of need and just a few of us working on getting it done with the rest of the community and a lot of volunteers. So right. Great. So, yeah, before we go any further, I, I assume most people in Concord have heard of CCEH, but if you could just remind folks at home sort of the purpose of, of that organization. So our mission is to end chronic homelessness. And, you know, we envision a community where everyone has a safe, dignified place to live and it's very possible we can end homelessness in yep. this community we uh, one would say we don't have a homelessness problem we have a housing shortage yeah I know that the vision of the organization uh, uh, basically says that everyone will have affordable housing that's sort of the vision like the future like we, mm -hmm. we it's attainable it can be done it takes a lot of work and ongoing work but um, I think that's pretty incredible seeing that in the vision of the of CCEH that everyone deserves to have a place to live. A place right? to live, right? And you know, we're that's the larger global picture, I guess, as you would yep. say, is that we're and there's a lot of us out there in the housing community who are working towards getting affordable housing. Mm -hmm. It's um, it, you know, Concord Housing and Redevelopment, um, Catch is yep. working on it. Uh, Families in Transition is working on it. We're now getting into some housing development ourselves. 
So it's affordable housing. It's in the news right now. It's oh, yeah. you know it's all over the place. We need affordable housing. Where we come in is also going into the chronic homeless population. Right. And that's, that makes it just that much harder to try and find good, dignified housing for their, the, uh, individuals who are chronically homeless. And that's right. defined by people who have been homeless for over a year or have been in and out of being housed three times within a year but also that they have a disability, which can be defined as a mental health issue, a chronic health issue, or substance use disorder. So. Yep. And, and the, an organization like CCEH or some other nonprofits that serve this population, these are people who otherwise, there may not be services, it's sort of filling you know, people who might slip between the cracks, I guess, if that's, mm -hmm. unless that's a cliched statement, but people who otherwise may not have services to, to resources to help them kind of get out of the situation that they're in. Correct. Right. You know, permanent supportive housing is the direction that we are personally going in. Mm -hmm. And that's not only do you get somebody housed, but then you provide the wraparound services to keep right. them stably housed. Right. That's an important, the second part you mentioned there is not just getting into affordable housing, but then support for them to keep that, to, to be able to maintain their living to, standards. Exactly. Yep. To maintain those living standards and to um, develop a self of identity. Yeah, and absolutely. And feeling um, and becoming part of the community. And uh, it's absolutely amazing to watch people who have been, we've been able to house, and then now a year later, they're still stably housed. Right. And how their whole demeanor, outlook, mm -hmm. um, their f feeling of self-worth. Yeah, absolutely. Has, has just changed, and uh, it, it's great. It's a, it's a good feeling to so, see that. So it must be a, a strong community that's been built between the, the staff that help provide these resources, and to know that your staff, you said small but mighty team, uh, mm -hmm. I know people like Connor and other people on your staff who right. um, are building connections, right? Building a community and, and being supportive, right? What goes into that? It's, so I like to say that we offer a continuum of services mm -hmm. and it starts with outreach and Connor Spurn is yeah. our outreach specialist right. and so she has been doing this work and it's, finding people who are unhoused, where they are, and going and building a trusting relationship with them. Yep. And so that could be in an encampment, it could be that they're um, in a hotel, they could be um, kind of couch surfing. You find out where people are and you know a friend of a friend or a friend. Yep. But building that trust and getting them to come into the resource center, and yep. then once we get them people start coming to the resource center and we can further engage with them. We can work towards um, getting going through all the processes that they need in order to um, get a, a housing voucher so, and then to help them find permanent affordable housing. Yeah. So that outreach is so important. And then you mentioned getting them to come to the resource center. Can mm -hmm. you tell our audience more about 
that space and what it provides? So the Research Center is open Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. uh, 9 to 11.30 a.m. And in that morning time, it's a drop-in center. People can come and get their mail. Um, they can take a shower. They can do their laundry. Uh, they can we work and help them get connected with maybe other resources that they need in the community. And so it's, it's a place for them to kind of come and be and get light case management services. And then as people become more and more engaged with us and they really are working on that road to becoming um, housed, then we'll have case management services in the after afternoon where they're really working on filling out housing applications, making the phone calls to the landlords. Do they have all their paperwork in place? Um, it's, it seems really simple, but it's not. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you don't have a permanent um, home to, to be in and you're trying to do this on the fly. So we kind of offer that refuge place. And stability. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and the same friendly faces over and over. Um, and then in these months, what is happening in these winter months, we, uh, on the really cold, super cold, frigid days or the really inclement weather days, then we will open up in the afternoon so okay. people have a safe, dry, warm place to be. Right. Well, that leads into sort of my next uh, question. I mm -hmm. was curious about, we're lucky it's been a mild winter so far. We're recording this the last day of January, but we know there's a cold stretch coming up mm -hmm. here in early February and likely the rest of uh, winter. Um, what are options for folks who are experiencing homelessness and don't have a place to go it, during these cold nights? During the cold nights. So we operate an emergency winter shelter. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, people can come and check in at 6.30 p.m. And then um, everybody needs to leave at 7 a.m. in the morning. We have 50 beds there. Um, we've, we're close to capacity, but yep. not quite there. I'm okay. sure with these frigid nights, we will hit capacity. Um, and we work really closely with the Friendly Kitchen on making sure that it's on these cold days that there's a place for people to be. So the Friendly Kitchen offers breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Monday through Friday. And our resource center hours are kind of in between their breakfast and lunch. And then on the inclement days, it's kind of between lunch and dinner. And then um, yeah. the winter shelter opens pretty much after dinner's over. So people, if they so desire, we can keep them warm. And right. Dry. Right. So, um, remind me where the emergency shelter is. Where that's located. It's at First Church this year, right okay. on Washington Street. Okay. Great. So, so all three of those between the resource center, friendly kitchen, they're all kind of roughly, at least within walking distance. They're of all each in other. walking distance. Yeah. 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 And that, that's Very important too, because there are certainly parts of Concord that are not as easily walkable if you have to get from one side of Concord to the other. So having those at least in a the same neighborhood, I would say, is it, helpful. It's it's helpful, and because the majority of people don't have cars. Right. Yeah. 
right? Having a car, even a used one, that's a big expense and mm -hmm. keeping it up. And where do I keep it? Where do I? Those are, that just bring up more problems, right? Or more questions about how you're gonna. It's it's hard, it. and you know we we don't want people living in their cars either. That's not safe mm -hmm. shelter. Yeah, I know there was um. I don't know the whole backstory, but there was a car, I believe, right behind the state house last year that caught fire because someone was using a, an appliance, like an electrical appliance, and it caught fire in the car. A complete accident, but if you try living out of your car, things can happen. Like things that, right? can happen, yeah. correct. What, those are the individuals that we'd rather, please come to the resource center, mm -hmm utilize the services that we have, utilize the supports that we have in place, and let's get you into um, housing, real housing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So just a reminder for folks, we're with Karen Jensen from uh, the Concord Coalition and Homelessness. Your website, ConcordHomeless.org, that's where we're trying to drive people for information mm -hmm. about volunteering, about uh, donating supplies. I know there's a section on the website about that. Um, fundraising, what are some other um, ways people can get involved? Or maybe those things that I mentioned, volunteerism. Things Vol like volunteering is, we can always use volunteers. Yeah. We always have lots of projects. We can always use them in the winter shelter. We can always use them down in the resource center, mm -hmm. um, special projects, um, helping with events. Uh, donations, we, what we are really looking for, as you mentioned, are listed on the, the website. Mm -hmm. Other ways to get involved are um, advocacy. There's yep. a lot of good housing initiatives that are coming up before the legislature yep. that um, I was keeping our eyes on those as the, um, we're about ready to have the crossover. Yeah. So, and seeing which bills are going to go, and sometimes we'll put a call out, or the New Hampshire Coalition to End Homelessness will put yeah. a call out for what kind of advocacy efforts we need. Um, always looking for potential landlords. There's mm -hmm. an incentive program coming to town that to help um, landlords incentivize them, I guess, monetarily to take a yeah. A, I don't want to say a risk, but, but to give our clients a chance. For, for affordable housing, for to affordable make their housing. rental properties affordable. Mm -hmm. There's that, yeah. and a yeah. lot of our, so for example, right now we have 30 clients that have mm -hmm. housing vouchers. Yeah. So that with these vouchers, they're only having to pay 30% of their income. Yeah. And these 30 individuals have had those housing vouchers since before I started at CCEH. We don't have a place yeah. to, f an apartment that we can fit them into. So if landlords were willing to help us and step up and say, right. hey, I've got a unit that I'd be more than happy to um, give one of your clients a chance. Right, because those vouchers aren't any good if you're not able to get into a unit. It so it's a, so it's a big wait list is what you're saying that to, to get right. into housing. Yeah. yeah, what what little housing there is, and then there's a right. wait list on top of it. So right, just in general, I mean, uh, we, housing is a whole other avenue to go down with the the vacancy rate being 0.3 percent in our mm -hmm. county, and things like that. So 
at every level there isn't enough housing. But um, I know that there are some projects, the South State Street, you had mentioned before we, we recorded about Pleasant Street. Mm -hmm. Could you remind us about what that project was? So both of those properties are these wonderful um, old homes mm -hmm. that we are going in and we're going to convert them into just take you know, four apartments or six apartments. Both properties will have eight apartments, single unit apartments in them. They are project-based vouchers, meaning that um, they will always be, those apartments will always be set aside for somebody who's exiting homelessness. So I consider that a gift to the city that we're giving them 16 apartments specifically for people exiting homelessness. Yep. Uh, the Pleasant Street project will be coming online probably, we're in the middle of starting construction now, so that'll come online probably October, that oh, we'll good. be able to start yeah. moving people in, so that's eight people that we can move into those. The 6 South State Street project, we're just at the beginning of that one, okay. and working on the funding for it, and, yeah. um, but we're purchasing it from South Church, and yep. it is, what's wonderful about that property is that's where the original resource center was when this whole project started. Oh, good. Yeah, so kind of a full circle a moment. A full circle, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's great. And so when people uh, in Concord, everyone knows homelessness, uh, that this is a, an ongoing problem and, and mm -hmm. people going through this. CCEH, you just gave a great example, you're finding solutions. You're working with the community in many different facets to find a solution, right? Mm -hmm. Having eight units in October, the, that doesn't solve the problem for everyone, but that's eight people, right? You said doing it in, in a way of favor for the city, but it's, it's solving a part of the problem. Right? It's, it's solving, solving a part of the problem. It's permanent supportive housing, so those individuals will have those wraparound services, and then it's also increasing the housing inventory because we're adding in units. So it's kind of coming at it from multi angles. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I know folks um, can take a look at what the city of Concord has been working on for adding, just working with developers to add more housing just in general. Even if it's market rate, that does help in general with just housing supply and apartment supply. Uh, but again, that's a whole other topic, Karen, that right. we, we, could, we could have you back to talk about housing or bring Catch in to talk mm -hmm. with Tom about that. Um, but I really appreciate, Karen, you coming in. It's great to meet you. It's great to introduce you to community members who haven't met you yet, although I know you've been out there quite a bit. Is there anything else that you want folks to know about, um, about just about the coalition or anything that we didn't talk about during this program? I think, I think the most important thing is for everybody to remain hopeful and know that we can solve this. And we, it's not insurmountable. It, it may feel that way, but it's not. And uh, we can all do this if we're working together as a community and coming together and realizing it's going to take all of us to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely, and we're gonna all work together. Concord TV is here to help kind of with marketing, mm -hmm. communications about how things are happening. So we're with you guys every step of the way. And Anything we can do to help, uh, just let us know. Okay. And I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into this episode of Community Conversations. Uh, I've been your host, Josh Hardy, and we hope to see you again next time.
Thanks for watching.